Hello, this is the A to Z podcast. I am Zach Jackson. He is Andre Knott. We are Facebook.com slash A to Z podcast. We've been doing this a long time. This is our first podcast with Blue Wire. What does that mean? Well, we're excited about it. Uh, we're going to talk a little bit about it here. We're still sponsored by American Fireworks. We still want you to go to Hudson or AmericanFireworks.com uh, and log on. But we're excited to be a part of Blue Wire Podcasts. Um, we think over the long term, it will help this podcast grow. So as we always do, shout out to you guys uh, who have helped it grow to this point. Um, you'll hear a couple of extra commercials, um, <clears throat> maybe before, during this podcast. You'll eventually, guys, um, hear, you know, find a little bit of different way to access this podcast, but almost everything will remain the same. Uh, we'll yes. still give the disclaimer about getting excited and saying four-letter words most of the time. We'll still talk about fireworks. We We're still not thing. formatted on anything, right, Dre? But yeah. uh, we are excited to uh, take A to Z to the Blue Wire family. And I guess the first thing is, and, and again, you probably won't even notice, this is Tuesday afternoon um, as we record this. Just because of the transition period, there's a chance that it will be like Wednesday afternoon, possibly even Thursday by the time uh, you listen yeah, to this. Blue Wire, don't be messing our stuff up. We were <laughs> amateurs, but we at least got it up on time. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So here we are. And, and um, we'll, we'll start by saying they haven't done one. Uh, it's been a little bit of this transition, but it's just been a lot of the Browns had full training camp the last three weeks, guys. So that meant I left at a certain time in the morning and didn't get back until baseball was starting. And Dre, whether they're Indian home or on the road, was you know um, doing baseball it hasn't games been as easy. It hasn't almost been every as easy day at us. seven Eastern. Yeah, so it hasn't yeah. been easy. But look, um, we will be on a normal schedule. We will be back to two a week, at least most weeks, and we soon Dre will have real football to talk about. Um, as we record this, five days from now, the first college football game is played. Oh, man, I'm dancing already. Let me say a couple of things. Thank you to Blue Wire for um, constantly, and this isn't going to be about us transferring over to there because, as, as Zach kind of told you, we are who we are. Uh, if you're a fan of A to Z, A to Z is going to be A to Z. We're not changing you know, the program or anything like that. Um, you're going to get the same type of conversations that you've had from us for a very long time, for better or worse. Um, but thank you to Blue Wire. They've been consistent in trying to get us to come over to them. Um, I've worked my tail off this past the last three four months with a project that'll drop Tuesday called Brownstown. Uh, we got Zach involved as an executive producer. Uh, he never knew that he could do that, but he did, and he helped out tremendously with that. Um, and it's like a it's it's like my little baby, and it's been a lot of work, a lot of interviews. That's something that you'll find here on Blue Wire. Last thing I'll say about all of that stuff, and um, is I'll say this: if you are a company owner. Um, and you want to be a part of, of A to Z and, and kind of go where we've gone and continue to grow, reach out to Blue Wire, reach out to us. We'd love to make you a part of who we are and what we're doing um, because we're trying to, to move forward in this industry. Um, but do it very, very genuinely and very much as Zach and Andre have done everything that you've ever heard us do, uh, whether it's through the companies that pay us or whether it's through our podcast that we've um, We've obviously done it our own way. We haven't followed anyone else's script. Half the time, we ha we never have a script between ourselves. <laughs> um, and I think that's, to me, the pl most pleasurable part of this in, in my regular work is that I love that I can come on here and be myself with a really good friend. Um, and saying all of that. Well, let me let me cut you off real quick here because um, you threw it to me, an unscripted reflection. Um, really, you know, as we've grown and we've tried to do this, my waistline has grown considerably, <laughs> but... Um, 
when we first did this, right, the first A to Z ever, uh, we both worked for Fox. And, yes. you know, we were in the studio at Fox and they were trying different things. And for whatever reason, reasons that really don't matter because things find a way, right, um, it didn't work out. Well, I haven't worked for Fox since the summer of 2015, right? So, right, yeah. Wow. So that means A to Z has been around a long time. And the folks at Scene were really good to us for a long time, and we helped them, and they helped us, even when there wasn't a financial sponsorship involved. Um, at Honeymoon Grill, which has been my friends, basically my family for a long time, um, you know, in American Fireworks, who's been awesome to us through a mutual friend, and they love us, we think, and we love them. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, they're going to stay on board. But anyway, like we, it, <laughs> I was trying to think, Jerry. Like I, I was in a conversation on my way home from practice today with a friend and we were trying to narrow down some something and I was like you know it was six or seven years ago and the truth is it could have been eight or nine I don't think it was quite ten right I know what I was doing ten summers ago <laughs> um, but we've been at this a long time and we appreciate you guys for listening and being a part of it and we fully expect uh, and don't take it for granted um, that you guys will continue to support us wherever this next part of the journey goes for sure blue wire get ready to make some t-shirts we didn't tell you that part when we signed up <laughs> um <laughs> Training camp is here, and training camp used to be one of my favorite times of the year. Still is, and Zach is getting older right in front of our eyes. Uh, I, w- I didn't, I, w- I didn't want to say that exactly until his complete birth date, but he's old as shit, as you guys already know, and he's getting older this month or gotten older this month. Um, and saying all of that, training camp used to be like the, my favorite, and I got to tell you right now, and maybe, and we can talk about other things because there's other things that are out there a little bit, Zach. And before we get deep into the Browns and, and everything that comes along with them, I got to tell you, this is the first year where I've always found time to time to record preseason games. Uh, I've always found time to Bernie Kozar and record the uh, the show on Sports Time Ohio or on Valleys. <laughs> and for whatever reason this year, and maybe it's just – and you can tell us as a person that writes about the team and has covered the team in every shape, way, and form. Um, because there's so many jobs that are already won, because uh, we kind of have it formatted of who they are and what they are, it's been hard for me to watch preseason games like they've been on, but I, I can't find myself getting into it probably because I know most of those guys will never play in a game that matters. Yeah. I mean, it is different when you have a ready-made team, right? And and think about, okay, what did we say? Eight or nine years. Think about the, the time, the change we've had here, right? Um, nine July's ago, the Haslam's took over, right? Wow. That means everybody got fired after the season and the first guys they, they hired only made it one year. Right. So right. usually training camp is this grand thing where they're rolling out a top 10 pick, rolling out a new play caller, a new coach, a new system. So a new practice format, five new free agents who are here to change the culture and save the day, right? Show up and show <laughs> out um, Everything's new. Well, this year, the only thing that's new is that Kevin Stefanski got a real camp with a real preseason. And right. um, yes, I have recorded the games because you never know what's going to happen and what you're going to need. But I haven't gone back and watched them because it's the backups playing, right? right? And this is an organizational top-down decision. And listen, Stefanski is only a second-year head coach. He's already really advanced level at not giving us many answers. And that's fine. Yes, he's he a sharp is. guy. He's a cordial guy. Um, as I've told my coworkers, and I have no problem saying it in a public forum, when I drive there in the morning knowing I want to ask him a question, Jerry, I spend most of my 45-minute drive trying to formulate it so he mm. can't just give me a canned answer. I've right? been there. Because yeah. he's good at it. But anyway, yeah. I say that now because I believe it was – was it Sunday after the game or Monday in the walkthrough? I don't know. They all run together. It doesn't matter. He said, I like walkthroughs. And basically he's saying, 
it's all scripted. We know what we want to get done. Our installations right. were done way back at the beginning of the month. And now each day he trusts that he, his coaches, and his players are at a level of communication and understanding that they can have a walkthrough, not risk injury, not not risk overexertion or anything stupid happening, and they can get what's done, what needs to be communicated and translated and pushed forward, done in a walkthrough setting. And so it's been more jog-throughs than competitive practices. You know, I don't think it's his fault that camp starts July 27th. I think that's kind of absurd. But mm. as I was saying to somebody else earlier – you know, from July 27th to September 12th, or I guess September 9th, because that's when the Bucks and the Cowboys open. The NFL feeds people that football is back. Well, it's not really back in that six-week period. Seven weeks, right. I guess, maybe, right? So they they show you preseason. They show you joint practices. Um, you know, most teams are able to open training camp, at least to some extent, to some fans or, you know, for three or four days. And that's what you get. So the Browns start on September 12th, guys. Um, they play till January 9th, and they hope to play beyond that. They want it to be the longest season in franchise history, and not just because the season is now 17 games long. Um, well, let me ask you a question. Let me ask you something. Um, you mentioned – I want to go back on the Kevin Stefanski and liking walkthroughs and liking things of that nature. Um, I think I know the answer to this, but I'm going to ask anyway. I think a lot of us, and especially the old-school writers and old-school you know, fans, will look at that – before last year, and we would scoff at it and say, "That's not how you prepare a football team." Uh, what is this guy doing? He's not smarter than us. You have to. You got to practice. You got to hit. You got to tackle. Your players have to play. To me, it's amazing the cachet that you get when you have a winning season and you win a playoff game and from your basement of your home, and you're not even at the stadium when the game happens. <laughs> I guess what I'm saying is, uh, you know, we remember a year and a half ago, a year ago, we all kept talking about the new normal, or and, and everybody hated that term, and still to a certain extent, I hate the term. Kevin Stefanski's got a lot of cachet for overcoming a pandemic that's still around. I think that he's able to say those things because of the victories of last season, obviously. And I'm curious. I'm curious because I hate to say this, but it's the truth. They're going to lose some games this year. Mm-hmm. And in the past, if you lost games and you had a training camp the way they're having training camp, and I haven't been there. I read your stories. Um, I'm still blocked by that asshole that works for ESPN 850, but there's, I've, that, that's nor here nor there. Uh, I've gained. Told you we weren't going to change. <laughs> <laughs> I've gained brain cells because I don't have to read anything he posts or says. Uh, so thank you to him for doing that. But I guess what I'm saying is because of the success of last year, does no one question how training camp is pr- kind of going? Because it's going in a way that we've never seen it gone before, really, in, in Berea. Yeah, um, I, I will say this. I think you can say what you just said out loud without an ounce of cynicism. And that's the boy is Kevin Stefanski earned a lot of cachet for doing it for one year. Right. I I think, I think you can lay it out there like a little bit open-ended as you just did. Right. You're not the only one to do that, but I think you could also say it more authoritatively like he has, because he finally came in at a time when they, he was the third coach in three years at a time when this spiral feels like it had finally hit rock bottom. And it's like, Hey, this guy knows what he's doing, right? Like they weren't ready to play in week one last year. And of course they weren't, but they won the next four games, right? <laughs> right? Like they went on and won 11 games and weathered the COVID storms and did all the stuff they had to do. Uh, they were in make or break situations in, in December and handled their business. So, yeah, I, I mean, I sit here today looking out this window, the same window I've done many of these podcasts from, <laughs> and I say the Cleveland Browns are well coached and the Cleveland Browns are in good hands. And the Cleveland Browns are a well-run organization. 
That doesn't mean that there's not a shelf life on that. That doesn't mean that he or Andrew Barry are infallible or perfect, and we're already seeing that. But, like, you know, it makes us happy when we meet you guys or tweet with you guys or whatever, and you say, you know, you guys have always told us the truth and shot us straight, right? Because we right. we saw through the bullshit. <laughs> right. Like Absolutely. Right. So I'm shooting you straight and saying, you know, there's going to be times where we're going to criticize Kevin Stefanski. There might yeah. even be a situation here where we have to talk about a pretty successful season being looked at as an unsuccessful season yeah, <laughs> and, right. and through some eyes. That. But yeah. that is a raising of the bar. And like each day when I go to work, I, I don't expect Kevin Stefanski to answer all the questions, right? I, I kind of know. Like I was listening to him. He, I think he, it was last week he did a radio hit with Ken and Raj, and I was listening. Mm-hmm. And I was telling Ken and Raj both I could formulate his answers in my head while they were asking the questions. Off the question. Yeah. <laughs> right? Oh, I, but, you know. But like what I'm saying is each day I know I'm going to watch a professional team operate like a professional team. And that is huge progress. And what happens with the quarterback and the rollover money and chasing Kansas City and is Pittsburgh really buried? And, you know, can a kicker be trusted? Can the defense be trusted? All of those things we're going to see over the course of 17 Sundays and Mondays starting three from now. But I'm just telling you guys with confidence, um, you know, this is a real NFL team. And, man, it's a refreshing change. It is. Time out on these. There's three things that I have to bring up. I'm writing down things as we go. This is going to be fun because we only, this is going to be a shorter one than usual. We may even try. I'm going to try to give you another one this week. Uh, scare Blue Wire into really knowing they got to pay us. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, couple things that I got to come to you with. Uh, and we'll go back to Browns camp. But fantasy football is coming up. And, you know, everybody, no one wants to read about your fantasy football team on Twitter. Some drafts have happened already. Um, but, Zach, I always go to you as my de facto general manager. You're the one that puts our cockpit together. Um, give us five names or four names or three names that jump out to you in fantasy football that you think will blow people away or win people their leagues. Okay. Um, and I did this without him knowing. People realize we have not changed. Right. Well, I think I'm going to get the credit for those who draft DPJ. So that works out. Right? Okay. If you follow me on Twitter, you've seen that. Um I think the Patriots running back, you got to have is Damian Harris. I think really? Bill Belichick wants to run the ball at people. I think Harris is their biggest, fastest back. I think they're going to have a certain formula of the way they want to do things, and I think that that's a guy you need to have. Um, there's a lot of good fantasy analysts out there, and I'll get to a couple of them in a second. But Daniel Jeremiah, who knows more football than any of us, he went to Ravens practice for one hour, and he got on Twitter, and he said, I don't care what f- format you're in, draft J.K. Dobbins. That's good enough for me. Right. Um, You know, beyond that, I I think especially now, um, part of fantasy football, guys, is is you have to look at bad teams and, you know, who scores on them and the chances they get. And we can talk about Urban Meyer shit. We could probably do a podcast series on Urban Meyer. (laughs) If we lived in Jacksonville right now, we could probably sign the deal with Blue Wire today. (laughs) (laughs) I watched Urban's face last night. He ain't making it the whole season. No, he crouched over like that in the first quarter of a preseason game. Are you kidding me? Mm -hmm. Um, LaVisca Chenault, they're going to get him the ball. And he's a a talented guy that can play different spots. And he's going to be a little, I think, like Curtis Samuel was to, to Urban's offense there. I'm glad you brought it up, Dre. Let me say this. Um, I want to throw this out to you guys open-ended. If we were to have a fantasy football expert on at some point, and it's not for everybody, and that's fine, and chances are we won't 
end up having one on because at this time of year, we're too scattered with our schedules to get somebody to commit to a time that we know will work for us. But I figured if we crowdsource this, it might help somebody follow. So tweet us if we were going to have one on, who is your guy? Uh, My coworker, Jake Seeley, I believe his Twitter at is all in kid. He does a really good job. Um, Super friendly guy. And on Sunday mornings, a lot of times, because I don't get to fantasy until then, you know, he's always answering my questions. But if we were going to have someone on, um, who would it be? And then for us, I don't mind having this like people in our league. Listen, but we have the 11th pick. It's not one of these fancy scoring leagues with point per reception and all sorts of um, 30 waivers. You got to sign to, to get points. Right. It's it's a standard old school fantasy football league. So here's the way I look at it. Right. Like Nick Chubb's going to go and Christian McCaffrey's going to go. Right. Alvin Kamara's going to go. No um, in that league, someone will always take Mahomes top 10 quarterback score a lot of points. So, you know, at 11, I don't know if Zeke will be there. I don't know if his bounce back is coming. I don't know what to think of Saquon Barkley and his injury status. Uh, I do think the Aaron Rodgers revenge tour is a real thing, and we could take Devontae Adams if he's there. Every year. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, what? Do you, so obviously not knowing the first 10, knowing five of them probably for sure, what do you think about that 11 pick? Um, I think I'm, – I'm... I'm glad you asked this question because I don't have a true answer, and I'm sure Twitter will tweet away at me, and please do. Um, you bring up Aaron Rodgers, and I believe in the tour. Um, I don't want to draft ahead of myself, and I think a lot of people, we all do it, right? We fall in love with, you know, like my neighbor the other day came over and was like, yesterday we were sitting outside, and he was mid-draft, and I was sitting out there reading, and he's like, man, I want to get Travis Kelsey on my team. I, You know, I'm, I'm the 11th, I think he's the 11th pick, and he goes, I'm going to snake back through. I might take him in the second or third round. I'm like, don't do that. I was like, there's five guys that are close to what Travis Kelsey can do. I love them. I go, but there's four or five guys that can kind of give you what Travis Kelsey can give you, even if it's a couple points less per week. Um, I think if you don't have one of the, like like Zeke, I think Zeke's gonna have a great year. He's in, his body's in great shape. Um, but what is that? Some points in times you got to swing. You got to take a swing and kind of cringe a little bit and take it. Um, but that Dallas Cowboys offense just seems from afar. Like they're just going to put up crazy numbers, a little bit like the Browns, right? Um, I agree with you on the Eagle, on the uh, excuse me, on the Packers situation. I think there's too many guys out there playing for money, and it may not play well in the in the clubhouse. But I think in the clubhouse of the of the of you know of the Galley Boys, it'll be great because the Galley Boys don't care that you're playing for next year's money. <laughs> yeah, we're all for it. We'll throw a couple Galley Boys in there for you. So the Devontae, I love that thought process. I guess what I'm concerned, what I want to know, and I think you hit on it with um, Jeremiah, is that J.K. Dobbins to me is a great pick. And I know like some people would say that's that's overpicking him, but I don't think it is when you're talking about a franchise that's notorious for doing one thing and one thing well. Okay, well, if Zeke, if Zeke somehow makes it to 11, like it's okay to frame it as we have to take him, right? Or yeah, do you, or I agree. do you not agree? No, I agree with that. I okay. agree because you know – He's going if if healthy, and that goes for any pick. If healthy, he's going to get over three hundred touches. Well, right? if everyone thinks he's healthy, there's no way he makes it to eleven. You yeah, know? but you know what? There's Browns fans, and they're crazy right now. Yeah, so. but I'll, I'll say this from the draft. Well, two things from our draft last year. And yeah. apologies if this is too much fantasy, but we don't really give a shit. This is our podcast. That's right. Um, we had Adams and Kelsey, and still didn't make the playoffs. <laughs> right. Right. <laughs> So it's a dumb game to start with, for one. <laughs> but for two, I remember saying, boy, Kareem Hunt and J.K. Dobbins both went in the first five rounds of this draft. You can tell this draft has taken place in Northeast Ohio, but they both ended up being really good picks. Right. 
So you just never know. You, there's so much luck involved. And I think strategically what you and I have to do, and I've, I'm speaking to the audience too, is we need to say, okay, are, are we going to make the decision that we're going to wait on a quarterback? Are we going to make the decision that we absolutely have to take a running back with 11 and, and or 14? You know, you just kind of go philosophically from there. And then exactly. I think what like you this. do is just kind of follow this. And I, I don't want to cut you off, but I trust you with this. Yeah. If you don't take a running back at number 11, you better be confident enough that you know the backup and the running backs. Like I was telling my neighbor, Pat, I was like, take Cincinnati's running back. Their offense is going to be good. And I go, and people are, I go, and he's good. I go, he's not thought of well, but you can get him in a second or third round, and you're going to get a steal because he's going to get most of the snaps, right? And he's going to get most of the snaps inside the goal line most likely. So you should get touchdowns. They're going to throw the ball all over the place, but they're going to have to score on the ground at some point in time, I think. I trust that you know the rosters well enough that if we don't get first-tier running backs, that you will scour and know the running backs that we can get that can steal us a touchdown here and there. Like in Kansas City, we all like the, the kid from LSU from last year, but now it sounds like he's banged up. Casey always uses a couple running backs. Who will be that second running back, the speed guy? Um, you know, and, well, and, and how in, does that project? In 2007 or 8, uh, when the Browns took Paul Hubbard, right? Oh. It was the end of the draft. It didn't work out. But I was in the draft room, and Phil Savage got up there. There were two or three guys really going for Paul Hubbard. And it was the point of the draft that Phil was trying to let those guys, let their voice be heard, right? Reward them for all the work that they had done. Right. And he said, you guys better make a pretty darn good con- – I, I almost cuss, but Phil doesn't. Phil doesn't. I mean, he has, but he doesn't. Well, he doesn't email. Uh- <laughs> <laughs> and in Brownstown that you'll hear here on Blue Wire, you, you're, you will hear Phil Savage talk about his infamous email. <laughs> um, he said, you guys better make a pretty darn good compelling case for me when I have to go down there and explain why I took a wide receiver. Okay, so not knowing two weeks from our draft, Dre, and and not knowing, I think I look at you and I say, when you call me on December 1st mad because we're not going to cash in fantasy football again, I'm going to have to make a pretty good compelling case for why we didn't get Devontae Adams. Right. You know, so I think we're taking just go ahead, guys, you're listening. (laughs) We're taking Devontae Adams at 11. If we pick this at 10, we fight. Yes, that's how it works. All right, that's enough on our fantasy. But yeah, and please tweet at both of us about that. I love the question that he asked. And I do think there's a space for it uh, in fantasy without blowing yourself the entire time. Uh, talking fantasy is fun until you, you get so wrapped up in your own team. That yeah, you exactly. Like everybody's talking about it on some level, right? Yeah, um, sure. It, it really is annoying Like when you see someone, hey, how are you? How's the fam? How's your cousin? It was great. You know, Where do you work now? And their second question is, oh, my gosh, dude, I lost my game last week because. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let me ask you a question. That um, And these are a couple. And then I got one, and then we'll go back to training camp. Um Buffalo Bills news coming out today. Cole Beasley was in the news way too much for a third receiver. Good third receiver. And if he's not on the COVID list, I wouldn't mind having him on my team because he moves the chains. And when Stephen Diggs gets triple teamed and, and their running game may play into it, blah, 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 blah. The real thing I want to ask you, and because you're around this and because it hasn't gone away, and I can say that from what I deal with with the Indians, uh, COVID is still in the air. And Cole Beasley went out of his way to rap rhyme and show his ass in every which way and form that he could, that he wasn't taking no damn vaccination. He even rapped about it. Suddenly, as we go into one of, to me, this is one of the biggest weeks of spring of camp, even though I don't think anybody's going to play in week three. Um, I just think this is a big week where the last week where probably the practices, they'll go hard as they can because they have a couple weeks to get injuries taken care of. Uh, but he's been sent home. Uh, he's been removed from the facility and must undergo five day reentry process. It's happened with Cam Newton now. 
uh, and New England, which is not a smart move because Mackis is probably going to take in and take his job. We're seeing stories around the league that this is kind of becoming one of those things. Um, not This is an opinion, but you're around it. Where does COVID play out in the NFL this year in comparison to last year, in your opinion? You know, I think it's still a major factor. I mean, the Browns had JOK on it um, to start camp, and that's the only case they've had. They've been fortunate. But going back to June, um, really six full weeks before anybody reported for camp, you know, the league and the Players Association collectively bargained this, and they set, they they pretty much laid out these are the benefits of getting um, vaccinated. These are the competitive advantages, and the, the exact scenario you're referencing is this. If you are a close contact, which last year kept Baker Mayfield away from the Browns for two days and kept guys out for five days or ten days, if you're a close contact and you're vaccinated, as soon as you're cleared, you're in that day. If you're a close contact and you're not vaccinated, five-day reentry process, right? So right. it's Tuesday, and it's preseason, and it doesn't matter, but Cam Newton is going to miss one day of joint practices, if Mac Jones lights it up in that one day, well, right? Um, yeah. Lamar Jackson missed 10 days. He he sat out 10 days. He got COVID for a second time. He was not vaccinated. You know, um, that that's the thing, Dre. It's, it's, it's really the close contact thing because someone's going to get it. I mean, in reading the Buffalo story just briefly this morning, it was a member of the team's medical staff who yeah. had been vaccinated who got right. it, right? So, so that person's out until they can retest back in. Any player that they worked on that's vaccinated is allowed back in today as soon as they pass their test. Those other ones, they're not. Um, if a Browns defensive back gets it, you know, and four defensive backs are not vaccinated, then Ugh. those four Ugh. guys sit out the close contacts and you might play the Kansas City Chiefs with your backups or, you know, whoever it is, the Bengals, um, go, going all the way down the line because this isn't going anywhere. So, you know, I think the Browns did a wonderful job last year. They had one, they had one breakout, and it, and it spiraled from there. Um, so far this year, they've done a wonderful job. I think the NFL is mostly back to, um, you know, more people being in and and everyone being vaccinated and being around. But man, it's still delicate. And like, you know, I think last year it was 125 people or something. Well, think about it, like. You have to get your maintenance guy, your facility. He has to be a part of that because stuff breaks. Your IT guys have to be a part of that because they get, you know, the equipment managers that are around the team and the players every single day that go in and out of, of the stadiums and of the locker rooms and have to do right. this. So right. I know, I know that Cincinnati, um, their first preseason game, they had something involving both their preseason TV analyst and their radio analyst. One was in the locker room. So it was this. This whole thing. So any player that was a close contact to those guys, and that includes post-game interviews, right? Right. Um, the, the ones that weren't vaccinated were out. So these are the rules. They're not changing. Um, you know, Mike Vrabel, the head coach, has it. The Bucks yeah. kicker, he has it. Um, you're not allowed, if you're an unvaccinated player, to attend a bar or a restaurant. You're not. <laughs> Sounds miserable. But these are the rules for the season. The NFL is not losing billions of dollars again. It's not. They've laid it out clearly. We all hope and we all wish that it wasn't a discussion. But it is. And, you know, in saying that the Browns have have handled it well um, and that the NFL is on top of it, I mean that. You know, the season doesn't start for a couple weeks. I can tell you that in the last 48 to 72 hours, I've spoken with college and high school coaches who are – scared shitless that it's going to end up being the same as last year where whole yeah. position groups, yeah. 
whole teams or whole games are going to be canceled. I've had the same conversations, unfortunately. <laughs> um, and I hope it doesn't happen because I don't want this to happen to the kids. And, I've, you know, I've that's a whole nother. I didn't want to. Yeah, I don't want to go on a tangent upon that. But I, I want people to realize it's there. Um, I'm not trying to get into fights about should you be vaccinated or should, it's your choice. And at this point in time, if you don't understand or if you have a feeling against it, then probably there's other podcasts that you can listen to that will make you feel good about your small mind itself. Um, but the most important, the most important thing that you will hear on this podcast, and I should have a couple extra minutes off the time I told you earlier, Zach. Um, so that's an audible. Uh, and we may not get a baseball minute, but we may. Um, but I got to bring up this. Because this may be the most important conversation you hear in 2021 from the A to Z podcast. I love my wife. We will be married 11 years on September 5th, officially. Zach loves his partner. No, he's not gay. She's a woman. But there is a chance both of our women could be free agents very soon. Why? Because NBA free agency has never been more plentiful. The one and only Sonia Curry. Is ending her. I had no idea where you were going 30 seconds ago. I really did. <laughs> <laughs> I almost kept a straight face the whole time through it until you laughed. But I'll get back to it. Sonia and Del Curry are ending their marriage of 33 years. She supposedly has asked for the separation. I never cheer for divorce. I never want kids to be to have to lose their parents, but Steph has got enough money and so does Seth. They'll be fine. And their sister will be fine because she married an NBA player, too. But Sonya will be back on the market. And, honey, if you're listening, I do love you and appreciate you. <laughs> but if Sonya calls, I'm gone. You had your babies in Akron. You can come back. I'm here, oh, I'm here man. still, Sonya. Real love is undefeated. I I, I just I agree. <laughs> <laughs> the memes are uncontrollable. If you haven't followed them or seen them, all you got to do is type it in. Uh, I think every man in America, white, black, green, red, whatever. I think guys in the KKK would go after Sonya. That's how fine she is. Um, but as 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 a wise man once told me, no matter how fine they are, she's somebody, some man's headache. <laughs> Yeah, I was at a rookie, an NFL rookie symposium when Chris Carter was was talking about that one year. <laughs> <laughs> you gotta have a you gotta have a ball guy. <laughs> and then a few years later, yeah, then he wasn't invited to talk at symposium anymore. He wasn't allowed to talk no more. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, we're here for you. If you need a, a shoulder to cry on, girl. If you need somebody to talk to. Uh, the A to Z podcast is here day and night. You can call me West Coast time, East Coast time. You can call me from England. You can call me whatever. I'm yeah. here. I, I, I go to bed early, but Dre is available at all these times. He is not lying about that. Wow. I wasn't expecting we were going to go there. Um, somebody, I just saw a sweatshirt somebody put up. They said, I'm not the stepfather. I'm the father that stepped up, son. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right. Let me go. All right. Let, here, set me up for the baseball minute. Get used to a blue wire. This is what you get, and then we'll go into camp. And why yeah, no, I, I, I'm curious because you know, just with with camp and preseason games and all this, I, I, I have, I'm lost as to what's been going on with the baseball team. So um, here is our A to Z baseball minute. Yes, we continue along with our baseball minute here on the A to Z podcast, and really, 
I think we're at one of the best points of the time of the season. Um, I don't think anyone thinks this is a year that the Indians are going to go to the playoffs. But I think you've seen in the last week, week and a half, really since the All-Star break, you've seen some guys grow up and mature into some roles that if you're a fair, fair-minded fair fan and a fan that really sees how baseball works and how the Indians organization has worked, um, they've got pitching. Shocker. Um, but not only – usually we've seen in the last decade them develop these pitchers into minors and they come up to the big team and they're ready, right? You, you know, you get a guy – like Zach Plesek that comes right in, Mike Clevenger, and they come in and it seems like they just fit and they never have to go back to the minors. Not completely true. But in this moment in time right now, um, we've seen Cal Quantrill truly become a, a starting pitcher that looks like a guy that could be in the top third of a rotation, not just the fifth guy, but like the top third, which is saying something. Um, we've seen Tristan McKenzie grow into, you know, not only did he have the damn near perfect game a week ago, but they come out in his next start and dominate again as he did against the angels on saturday says a lot more about where he's at look and look you can't just get you can't get uh lucky and and almost throw a a, a perfect game uh but sometimes you have a great day right and and that great day you you everything fits right everything goes right and, and you can take off but to see mckenzie have a second start that way and to look at his last six starts um, I can tell you there's some people throughout the organization that are getting a little excited about 2022. Good. Still a lot of work to find out. Still, you need to find out if, if, if Zimmer can be an everyday player. Um, I think the, the shortstop situations, please stop comparing Ahmed Rosario to Francisco Lindor. There's a reason why Lindor got the contract that he did. Yes, he's having a bad season. Yes, he's injured. Um, but I think 29 out of 30 GMs would would break their neck to have Lindor as their shortstop over Rosario. Let me cut in one, let me cut in one second here, Dre. Let me let me ask you this. With with Zimmer, like the question's never been talent, right? It's just been consistency and health. Like he's always had all the qualities that they've wanted, correct? For sure. For sure. You're dead on. Um, but yeah, and consistency. He's played. He's played a lot of games in the minors this year, and now he's playing every day for the Indians. So staying healthy is huge for Zimmer. And you're right. Um, and the the problem that he runs into, and and Demarlo Hill has been great about this. Is Demarlo's like I don't judge a guy because of his age, you know, but he is 29 years old and he's out of options out of this at this year, so they have to make a decision on him and Oscar Mercado by the end of this year. Do you trust him? And and the perfect example of this is what's going on down in Tennessee to my my, my guy Tyler Naquin, who's NL Player of the Week, um, after hitting like four home runs, five home runs last week and had like 12, 13 hits. Um, it was time for Tyler to kind of move on. Not that he did anything wrong, but just nothing. It just never materialized. You hope that's not the case with Mercado and Zimmer, but it's a chance that that could be because the Indians say they're going to spend money next year and the Guardians plan on, you know, maybe going to get an outfielder or maybe going to get a guy that that's proven himself. But let me say this about Rosario. I think the Indians, I think over the last, next 40 some games, 39 plus games, whatever, um, Rosario is not the best defensive shortstop in the world. He's still working on it, still very young. But the one thing he's proven, Zach, I think this year to me, um, more than and I'm speaking from me, um, he deserves to get 600 at-bats every for, for a Major League Baseball team. His speed, the way he commands the bat, and can hit the ball the other way. He's a, a perfect number two hitter in the lineup with a guy like, like Jose Ramirez behind him. Miles Straw looks like a player. Um, I just – look, for a guy that has to go to the games every day no matter what, I would tell you if it was if we were in bad hands. I think we're in a good place. Tito is in a good place. He came to the game on Saturday, came and saw the team on Friday. I'm guessing when I get to the ballpark today, he'll be somewhere around there. Um, he's dealing well with his hip injury, and, and he won't say it, and I'll probably get in trouble for saying this. Uh, he has every thought and, and everyone around the team, from DeMarlo Hill, Sandy Alomar, 
all the coaches, all the players, we all expect if everything continues the way it's going for Tito to be back as a manager next year. Um, so they're in a good place. And, yeah. and, you know, they won, you know, they play a bad team in Texas over the next three days. Then Boston comes to town. Um, I'm excited about where the pitching is at. And there's some younger guys that are still yet to come. So that's so, the baseball minute and a half. Right. So we, we've only got a couple of minutes here. We usually go longer than this if you're new here. Um, but th- this is just the circumstances. So um, it's a little different this year, guys. Uh, the NFL has generally cut down after the fourth preseason game on Labor Day weekend, uh, eight days before the season begins. This year they're cutting down on Tuesday, August 31st. That's 12 days before the season begins. So there will be a little more flexibility as that pertains to the Browns. If they want to pick up another kicker and have a competition, they can do it. They got time to do it. It's not over. Um, if they want to pick up some other guys and work them in, then make some practice squad moves. So, like, a lot of times the Browns 53-man wasn't set because they were bad and they were picking up guys from waivers and they were just waiting on guys, right? Well, this year, you know, I don't expect them to, to claim a ton of guys, and, and obviously they're way down the priority list because they were, you know, picking 27th in the draft, right? So that that's the waiver order for the first three weeks of the season. But there still can be some movement as you wait, and we're looking at a situation now where Odell Beckham's still not in team drills. Um, you know, Grant Delpit and Anthony Schwartz, who we know are going to be on the team, have really done next to nothing for all of camp. They're going to need time. So there's a lot to sort out. Um, with that, another football note, you probably know this, but, you know, week zero of college football, it's called, is this week, there's five or six games. Next Thursday, the Buckeyes kick off. So that it's usually, um, it's not unprecedented for Ohio State to do that. It maybe every third or fourth year they've done that. Uh, but it usually butts up against those meaningless NFL games. This year, the NFL has done Sunday night. The Browns had the last preseason game of the year. And next Thursday, the Buckeyes and the college teams will have their stage. <clears throat> and I just wanted to say, uh, in relation to rumors that I was cut off at my brother's wedding two Fridays ago, that is not true. I told them that I was done drinking. Wow. Really? That tells you the summer of Zach what has really happened to you, son, if that's really the truth. And I can talk to some other people about that. I was gonna get. I was gonna finish with that. I gotta ask a question. I've texted to you, um, but I gotta ask it on this podcast because there's just names that we need to know about. Uh, what's going on with Tech? I heard earlier today that that the coach said good things, but summarize it the best way you can. A to Z style. Yeah, he's back with the team. Um, we saw him briefly participate in a handful of practices, a small handful, and twice we saw him leave the field. With the trainer, um, once he was ill, we saw him get sick on the field. Another time, he just wasn't there. And so um, the Browns said, we're not going to comment on it. We respect his privacy. They did not place him on any list. Um, they quietly believed that he would be back. In the last few days, he returned to the team. When practice opened today, he was out there with the team, but then he retreated back with members of the medical staff. So you know, I think a guy that misses all of camp is just not ready to go and is probably on his own personalized thing. Um, you know, he's a guy that wouldn't be playing in the preseason anyway, I don't think, True. Dre. I mean, this is a guy – he's not a starting defensive end. This is a designated pass rusher. This is a right. guy with a quick first step and a skill set that can help winning teams by playing on third down and a handful of other downs. So – and really, he's an important player for this defense that needs all the help it can get and still has a lot of moving parts. I think there's a lot of things we're not going to know about this defense until three, four, five, six games in. Um, that could mean good things. That could mean bad things. But, you know, I would expect the Browns to spend – I would expect Tack McKinley to be on the 53-man roster, Drake. I would expect the Browns to spend the next four to ten days getting him back physically and then assuming everything checks out mentally. Um, and, and Stefanski made it sound like, 
you know, that physically and mentally he's good for where he is right now. They get him back on the practice field and that he would be in the lineup uh, on September 12th. So that that's how I read that right now. Okay, quick. Another quick thing. Um, I don't know what you saw about this college alliance possibly coming together. I think with the Big Ten, Pac-12, and uh, it, it doesn't seem the like ACC, it's a go. Yeah. ACC. It doesn't seem like it's completely a go, but it does seem like it's a counter react to what we talked to about the last time we were on the podcast when we saw the super uh, kind of conferences coming. Yeah, together. Um, I, I don't know a lot about the alliance. It, it seems a little desperate. It really doesn't mean much to me. You know, what's me the mystery? The mystery is. Who expands next? And I think the big piece is, is who lands Notre Dame, right? I, I, I'm well, not sure. We've been sure. saying that for 20, 40 I know, years. I know, I know, but I think now as you line up and you look at maybe a true super conference format, who's going to get them, right? Okay, well, here, I'm gonna, let me read you something real quick that uh, Nicole Auerbach just tweeted out. I believe she's a uh, – uh, For the athletic, yeah. The athletic, yeah. She says, Pac-12 Commissioner George – Kalivikov, I don't know it. if I said it wrong, I apologize. On the alliance, says there's no signed contract. There was an there was an agreement among three gentlemen and a commitment from 41 presidents and chancellors. There is no signed document, and there doesn't need to be. That's yeah, strange. I think it's just a scheduling alliance, Trey. I think it's to guarantee that those teams will will not spend four not three or four non-conference games playing Akron and Central Michigan. It's that they'll go yeah. out and play each other. So ultimately. Um, I'm fine with that. Res- good yes. for us. No, we benefit as the viewer, right? Yeah. And, um, you know, Ohio State opening with a Big Ten game. Um, Penn State and Wisconsin opening against each other. We benefit from that, right? Georgia and Clemson on the first night at 8 o'clock. We benefit Ooh. from that. So um, I think we – I think, you know, we'll, time will tell on Texas and Oklahoma and how it goes and is Texas back, is Texas a phony, all that stuff. I don't know. But we just want to see good games, right? For sure. And, um, you know, we'll see, we'll see how all this this all ends up working out. But we, yeah. we want good games on our TV on Saturday night. That's right. I'm going to say something that may piss off some in Northeast Ohio. Jake Paul apparently believes he's the Muhammad Ali of this generation. And if that's the case, Sonya Curry's moving into my basement on Sunday. <laughs> yeah. Can I say this? The Paul brothers are nothing but carnies with really nice chains. They really are. <laughs> and, and listen, and if some of you are listening and you like them, please listen to another podcast. They would kick your ass. Yes. The lady walking across the street right now with her poodle, she would kick my ass too. It's embarrassing <laughs> to the field of journalism that they get covered. Um, good for them. Listen, this is a we live in a really dumb world. We are a dumb society and we are dumbed down from even uh, even 20 years ago. Right. Dummies just keep listening to these two dummies on the days. These podcast. guys are opportunists and they have taken advantage of getting famous and making their money um, by and doing dumb things on YouTube taken, and, and good for them. Advantage of the situation, Zach, because I agree. Th- that's with exactly right. Said. That's exactly right. But they like advantage, but it's not sports. Holly. And to see it covered is embarrassing. It is. But hey. They may they're gonna damn near sell out the queue tomorrow on Sunday. I've got well, congrats to everyone that takes place in that. Um, I covered a UFC event once, and and I've talked about it on this podcast. Just amazed that they would just bring in these people in the affliction shirts and the chains, feed them violence, and then thirty minutes between fights. So quit fighting in stadiums, really. But like these people, it's natural selection. I got to go find my affliction T-shirt, baby. Uh, all right. This has been the A to Z podcast. We thank you all. Sorry, honey, if I leave you for Sonya Curry. It's no offense. It's nothing personal. And if we don't, then we'll get to our anniversary, and that'll be great. Um, we'll try to be back next week. Please let us know uh, your feelings and thoughts about us getting some fantasy football guys on or something like that or in any way, shape, or form. You guys know how to get a hold of us. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. 
to everyone that's ever been a part of uh, A to Z, thank you for your patience. Um, and we truly do plan on getting two, three a week out because I miss doing this. And Brownstown, last thing I'll say, and then I'll be done. Brownstown um, is coming out. It's up. You can go to Apple right now, wherever you get your podcast. You can go look up Brownstown on Blue Wire. Um, it, I think the trailer is up there. The trailer is pretty good. It's a minute. I just got done listening to episode one. I sent episode one to Zach as well. It comes out Tuesday. Hopefully by this time next week, we will have three episodes of Brownstown out. Um, please listen. Please hit the like. Please hit the four or five stars. Um, it's just a way that I was trying to tell stories in a different way than what we're used to. It's nothing against radio. It's nothing against – well, it is. It's nothing against anything else. Um, this is just my foray or first foray into kind of telling stories in a different way, and I hope you guys – um, can take the time out and find it, put it in your time schedule for your podcast because I appreciate it. It's been a lot of hard work from a lot, a lot of people, um, and I hope it's successful. With the uh, start of school and uh, the start of football, we will definitely play some American Fireworks Glory Days next time. So be ready for that. Thanks for listening. Kanichiwa. Uh, all right, I got to get this right. So be patient with me. I got to do this right. Kanichiwa, Dale Curry, get your ass out.